Did you hear what I said when God was ready for Adam to have a, a bride, a healthy? Have you ever thought about this in the Garden of Eden? God creates for six days, and every single day he makes something he said it is good. And then on the sixth day, the Bible says he looked at all that he created and said what? It is very good. And yet, before there was sin, serpent, or the curse, the Bible says, and God saw something was not good. In the perfect paradise of God, before the serpent crawled in, before sin was there, before there was curse, God saw something in his perfect creation that was not good. And what was it? And God saw that it was not good for man to be alone. Which is to say, a part of your need, a part of your natural desire and need in your DNA is the desire for community. Or as they say it in 2021, you need to find your tribe because until you find your community, you can't live in unity. If you take the word community and separate those two words apart, it simply is this. Come, unity. And God saw that it was not good for man to be alone. So, so he takes out of Adam's, he opens up his rib. He lays him to sleep. Don't miss this. You can be seated for me, and I want to say this. You can stand up or sit. I don't care. You can jump around. Just don't interrupt me. You, he lays him to sleep, and as Adam lies there in a garden asleep, Father reaches in his side and pulls out a rib. And the Bible says from the rib he created Eve. He created the woman. The woman was already inside of the man before she knew she was. But God decided, I'm going to take something out of my son, and I'm going to create for my son a bride, a helpmeet, someone that will help him accomplish his purpose. Let's fast forward to 2,000 years ago when Father looked at the last Adam, the last Adam. The Bible says there was a first Adam and not a second, but a last Adam. And he also laid him in a garden. He laid in the garden of Gethsemane when he said, Father, if it be possible for this cup to pass for me, let it pass. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And he laid himself down there in that garden. And then he he was laid and buried in a borrowed tomb in a garden. And the father had opened up his side. Remember when the soldiers went up to Jesus. It was strange that after only six or so hours, Jesus was already dead. And they go and they beg for the body of Jesus. And, the, and Pilate's like, wait a minute. Just after this long, he's dead. He, he, has, he had time to suffocate. Go back. And what they would do is they would, they would take a club and bust the knees open. But there was a prophetic word because it was speaking of not just the body of Jesus, but the body of Christ that not one bone of his body would be broken so when the soldiers came back to break the bones they're like man he's dead and then finally what they say well you can have the body and the key and the secret and that is the enemy will give you the body of Christ if he can't move and if his feet can't move and if his mouth can't speak they'll give you all of the body of Christ you want as long as it doesn't move and touch and heal and talk and walk oh my god and bring healing and yet when they got there they didn't need to break his bones and so they took a speech and they stuck it up in his side and probably ruptured the periocardic sac that was just about his heart so that not just blood but blood and water gushed forth came up out of my God almighty blood and water and what happened was the father allowed the Romans that killed him to open up his side because he was going to take that bride that he had created for his son and put the bride back in 
beside the heart of his son. The first Adam's side was opened up to get Eve out, but the last Adam's side was opened up to put the church back in. God Almighty. Woo! And from that time to this, that's where the Father cares. Don't you ever down the church or say God's done with the church. The church has been hid with Christ in God. It's right beside the heart of the Father, and it always will be. The purpose of creation was to win for the Son a bride. Well, this is heavy for a Sunday morning. I didn't know this was coming. God saw that it was not good for his only begotten son to be alone. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Elahi, Elahi, lama sabachthani. And father saw that it was not good for man to be alone. So he put his son to sleep and he opened up his side. So we could enter in. That's what we sing in. We think it meant so we could enter into a heebie-jeebie feeling at church. No, no, no. So you could enter into the very bosom of the husband. So we could enter in. So we could enter in. And from that moment until this, if you listen closely and if you shut out the noise that is around you, you will hear boom, 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 boom. It's the heartbeat of the Father saying, I still love you, boom, boom. And I still got purpose for you. Boom, boom. And every good and pleasant thing that I ever promised you. Boom, boom. I'm going to bring it to pass. Boom, boom. And even if it seems like you're on life support, Heavenly Father will reach down. Boom, boom. If he's got, oh my God. Every dead, barren thing that God ever promised you. He's not just the God of the living. He's the God of the living and the God of the dead. Jesus Christ rose from the dead and said these words. It's very good. He said these words, I am he that was dead, but I'm alive. And behold, I am alive forevermore. And I've got the keys of death and hell. We think that means just the keys of Hades. It doesn't just mean the keys of the afterlife of every dead thing that you thought God couldn't possibly bring life. I hear the Father say, listen, there's a heartbeat again. Boom, boom. We could enter in. So we could enter in. I'm so close to the heart of the Father, I can't hear what my haters are saying. Because all I hear is boom, boom. I still love you and boom, boom. You still have purpose and boom, boom. The strongest thing and the most powerful thing about you was you woke up this morning and boom, boom. If you're still here, you're here for purpose and boom, boom. If you're still here, you're here on purpose. I can't hear the haters because my lover is beating with a heartbeat for me. His heart beats fast after us. Go read your song of Solomon and tell me he's not absolutely and utterly crazy about his bride. With a love like that, I can't hear the haters. I can't hear them. I'm sorry, I've been hid with Christ in God. I hope you get your mansion, but before you get your mansion, I hope you find that the reason the sun was stretched out was not to get you a mansion in glory, but to get the spirit inside of you, which is his mansion. So that where you walk, he walks, and when you speak, it's his voice, and you bear his name and you bear his image. 
All I'm here to do this morning is I feel like I need to give uh, chest compressions and CPR to some of you. I feel like, the, oh, my God, I just saw the Spirit of God breathing in the church saying, if I've got to hold their nostrils and breathe again the Ruach, breathe again the living breath of God, if I've got to breathe the breath of life. What was it like for the dead, cold body of Jesus Christ to be laying there in a borrowed tomb? The Son of God. The one who had never sinned was made sin that we might become the righteousness of God. But on day three, when the Father says, oh, now it's time. Your heart hadn't beat for a couple of days, but my heart never stopped beating for you. And we used to sing the old song, arise, my love. And Father reaches down and breathes into Jesus' nostrils the breath of life. And he that was dead came forth from the, my God, and the stone was not opened so that Jesus could get out. The stone was removed from the tomb so we could look in and see he ain't there no more he does my god he does not deal in death he deals in life and promises and goodness and only goodness this ain't the message i hope you okay and yet maybe somebody needs to hear it somebody needs to reach your head inside the chest of the master and hear like John the beloved is it any wonder the youngest of all the disciples the most inexperienced of all the disciples he never hardly had much to say the only thing he wanted to do was where's Jeremy the only thing you'll find John Jesus would be sitting at supper, and this is what John would do. Peter is talking about, hey, can I sit on this side of you? And James was to know, can I be the leader of the church in Jerusalem? And God was going to give him that. And, and, and the sons of Zebedee, the sons of thunder, would say, who gets to sit at your right and your left? John didn't bother with stuff like that. John was too busy like this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is it any wonder the young, the young disciple who laid his head again and again and again on the breast of Jesus would be the one who would write not just the gospel of John and first and second and third John, but the revelation, not of Antichrist, the revelation of Jesus Christ. I heard a voice. Thank you. And Jesus had long ascended. And John has been, has been banished to the Isle of Patmos. Some historians say his eyeballs were taken out. Go read your history on the Isle of Patmos, which, by the way, Patmos means the place of my death or the place of my killing. He's at the place of his killing, and he hasn't seen or heard about Jesus in years. And then all of a sudden he said, but I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. My God. I was in the spirit of the Lord, and I heard a voice. Can you imagine the utter heart flutter that he said, I know this voice. I know that voice better than they all because I, and he said, and, and I turned to see the voice. It was the beloved one. John never calls himself John time and time again in his gospel. He says, and the one that Jesus loved. His identity was not in his name. His identity was in what God says about it. He was the disciple whom Jesus loved. And he said, I heard a voice, and I turned to see the voice. Could it be? Could it be? I turned to see the voice. You didn't hear. You think I'm going to say one thing, and I'm going to say I'm going to say something else. He turned to see. He turned to see the voice that spoke. And being turned, he saw, and he heard the voice of a lion. He, he heard the voice of a lion, the roaring of a lion, and he says, I know that roar because I was there at the cross when Jesus said, woman, behold your son to John, and John to Mary, John, behold your mother. And I was there. I outran Peter when they said he's alive. I ran to the tomb as fast as I could get there, and I looked in. And I came back and told him nothing. I know the voice, but I turned because I heard the roar of a lion. But when I looked, what I saw was a lamb. Because the lion represents the victory and the lamb represented the way he got the victory. Good God. 
You're going to get a Pentecostal out of me this morning, for God's sake. I heard the roar of a lion, and that is the roar of a lion, and that's what we think. The way we're going to overcome the enemy is roar, roar, roar. But when you turn, you see, oh, my God, it was all finished in the bloodless, spotless Lamb of God that hung on Calvary for us all. Well, I'm a mess today, and I don't care anymore. If you were here last Sunday, you found out real quick, I just flat out don't care anymore. Turn, me and turn, I saw. And Jesus says, I am he. I am he. The fulfillment of the prophets and the fulfillment of the law and the fulfillment of everything that Father ever wanted to do. He was not only the fulfillment, he was the prototype. The prototype of what? He was the prototype of the New Testament sons and daughters of God that would know God and know who their God was and that would go about the earth. The Bible says doing exploits. That word exploits means explosions of what? Of power. What is power in the Bible? Power is dunamis. It literally means dynamite explosions. It should be everywhere you go. You should be exploding with glory and with power and with resurrection and with might and if you ain't it's probably because you're listening too much to your haters and you need to shut your haters off and put your head back up in the bosom of the father and hear that heartbeat boom boom I'm for you boom boom I hadn't forgotten my promise boom boom he that began a good work in you boom boom is faithful to complete it boom boom if I'm the author of your faith boom boom I'm the finisher of your faith boom boom if I promise it boom boom I'll bring it to manifestation boom boom it don't matter what Satan says boom boom and it don't matter what sickness says boom boom it don't matter what you're enemy says pom-pom in fact it don't matter what anybody says pom-pom because my heart beats for you pom-pom and my heart beats after you my god and if i promised you if i promised you oh man that josh button's crazy he's absolutely absolutely out of his mind i'm not out of my mind i'm out of your mind i spent too many years in his mind I don't care about being in your mind anymore. Somebody needs some heart surgery this morning. I ain't going to preach what I got on them notes because this is where God is. This is where I'm going to stay. Learned a whole lot a long time ago. The Spirit of God will always administer the flow. And whatever that flow is, you better learn to get in it. If God's at a 3, you better not try to push him to a 12. But if he's at a 12, for God's sake, don't push Paul's and go back to a 3. God's in a governmental 12 this morning. He's setting some things in line, and he's setting some things in order, and he's speaking some prophetic declaration over you. Most of you don't know, but it's hovering just over top of your head. If you'll just reach up and grab it, you're going to hear, pom, pom, I promise you. Pom. Come on, can anybody hear the heartbeat of the Father this morning? For you. And he that has begun a good work in you, he's faithful to complete it. You've heard me say before, multiple times, and the first time God showed me, it blew my mind. The writer of the Hebrews, some say it was Paul, some say it was Apollos. The point of it is, I don't care who wrote it, it was divinely inspired, because all Scripture is God-breathed. That's what the word inspired means. All Scripture is God-breathed and given for edification, all of it. But Hebrews is the connecting book that helps you understand the patterns and the symbology from the Old Testament to the New Testament. In other words, whatever could have been said or seen in the Old Testament Israel could be said of the New Testament church. 
Amen? So if you go and read your, your Bible, Hebrews chapter 11, you're going to tr- if you'll scroll through, it, it is called the faith chapter. A lot of people call it the, the hall of fame of those that went before. And it speaks of Abraham, and it speaks of Moses, it speaks of Barak, it speaks of many of these faith uh, men, especially patriarchs that went before. But if you scroll down to verse 11, it's such a peculiar verse, and it says, By faith... Sarah also received strength to conceive seed when she judged him faithful that had promised. I know it because the first time I read it, I'm like, okay, God, so, you know, she got her seed. She believed you. She got you. He said, no, no, go back and read it again. By faith, Sarah also received strength to conceive seed. Stop. That's where we always stop because our focus is always on what God promised us. Who am I talking to this morning? Who in here has believed that God has promised you something and it almost seems like it's out of reach or it can't happen or it won't happen or every devil in hell has fought it from happening? Is it just this one? Is there anybody else with a show of hands to say, I've been promised some things and I ain't seen it. By faith, Sarah also received strength to conceive seed Paul's. That's the what. Now I'm going to tell you the how. When she judged him faithful that promised The key was to get her eyes off the promise and put him back on the promiser. Because as long as the focus was on the unmanifested promise, she would live in perpetual disappointment. But the moment she said, it doesn't matter so much what he promised, it's the fact that he promised and got her eyes back on the promiser when she judged him faithful. She's, my God, Abraham even said, if God has to bring in the old time, if he's got to bring him back from the dead, he promised me a seed like the stars of the heaven and like the sands of the seashore. put a knife to his throat and I'll cut his throat if God tells me to. Well, the Bible says of Abraham that he believed God and it was accounted unto him to righteousness Why? and he was called the friend of God. How could Abraham be called a friend if he couldn't understand what father had already been through in eternity and was about to go through a few thousand years down the road? He said, Abraham, I'm going to let you learn something about my heart. Take your boy. Your only boy, Isaac. I love how he says your only boy, Isaac, because it wasn't his only boy. His first son was Ishmael, which, by the way, means wild donkey. It means something else, but for the sake of the kids, I'm going to leave it in donkey. That's literally what the name Ishmael means. And a lot of us, when God don't give us what we want, we go and try to help God out a little bit and make our own thing. And before you turn around, you've got a wild, uh, stubborn, mule-headed donkey that don't do anything that you wanted it to do. You might love it, but my God, every time you look at it, it back talks you. Here's the problem with it. He had the face of Abraham, but the heart of an Egyptian. I'm going to make it work, God. I'm going to help you out a little bit. I'm going to bring Hagar into my tent. You know the story, and if you don't, I ain't saying it for the kids' sake. I'm going to bring Hagar into my tent. But God didn't promise anything about Hagar. God promised to Sarah because he Sarah, did you laugh? I said I would return unto you about this time next year and return to you in the season of life. Essentially what he said was, I'm going to roll back about 70 years worth of age. I'm going to give you back what the enemy stole. I'm going to give you back your youth. He did such a good job that when Abraham walked by an almost 90-year-old, he said, my God. God, Mama, you look good today. Now, I don't know if we have any 90-year-olds on here. You know, I, I, I would say a joke, but I don't, I don't know if we got any 90-year-olds on here. And God bless you if you are. Is uh, She's not here this morning. I was going to say. But I ain't never seen a 90-year-old where I was like, okay. I hear you work it, girl. <laughs> you work that walker, old Mama. I ain't never seen one. Maybe you have. And I hope to God you do when you get nine. After me and Elizabeth talked about it last night, she's going to look that way at 140. (coughs) 
She's almost 90 years old. God's given her a promise. There ain't no way it's going to happen now. You don't have babies at 90, even back then when it was weird and you lived for 700 years. I can't imagine living for 700 years in this. I don't want to live for 700. I'm trying to live forever, but not like this. And uh, Abraham goes by the tent after God promised. He's like, did you get some new perfume? What store you been shopping at, girl? And Sarah said, did you been doing push-ups, Abe? What you mean, Abraham, look at that big, the, 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 breath, the many breasts. Look at that big chest of yours. My God, boy, what have you been doing? He said, well, I'm not, I lift things. Where did you shop? Did you go to that new store down there, that VS store? Yes, I did. What you been working out? Up at the gym at 24-7, Josh Buttons worked me out. Said, Abraham, I got my biceps. He said, let's go in. Let's have some fun. And the next thing you know, at 90 years old, God performed the promise because he raised an old, dead, barren womb back to life and raised the dead loins of Abraham back to life. And if God's got to raise your loins or your womb back to life to make his promise come to pass, if you'll focus on the one that promised, I can guarantee you, if he said it, he'll bring it to pass. God is not a man that he can lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. The Bible doesn't say God can't tell a lie. If it meant God can't tell a lie, then that would say that God can't tell a lie. But no, it says God can't lie, which means, Brad, that if God says the carpet is red, it will become red by virtue of the fact that it came out of his mouth. If God said, I call all things that were dead to life, they'll come to life. I told you last week, when Jesus walked down, he said, Father, I had to say it so they would believe. Lazarus, come forth. If he hadn't called Lazarus by name, every dead thing would have gotten up out of the grave because of the power in that voice don't you for one minute think that Jesus doesn't have the keys of death and hell what are you trying to tell me I'm trying to tell you if you're holding on to a dead barren promise don't you worry about the promise get your eyes back on the one that promised if God promised it he'll bring it to pass if you're 117 and he'll turn your age all the way back to 20 He'll restore the years that the palm worm and the canker worm and the locust hath eaten away. He'll restore years and he'll restore youth. I'm prophesying now. You don't know it. You thought I was quoting scripture. He's going to restore vitality and he's going to restore vigor. He's going to bring health to you speedily and he's going to bring health to your bones. He's going to bring relationships back around. Oh, man. I'm telling you. I'm te- I see this. I know that I do this so much. You're like, man, John. But just if you receive the word of God inside of you, if you receive it deep into the soil of your soul, like I say every Sunday, it will take root and it will bring forth fruit. Or as Tony Bunton would say, from the root to the fruit. Throw a little bit of water on it. You might have to cry it to life. and You may have to put it out in the sunlight. Just get some revelation on it. But throw some water on it. Throw some sunlight on it. And everything that he promised will come to pass. Mm. I was going to talk this morning about the spirit of prophecy. Figured a demonstration is about as good as me just telling you about it. So, it's, you know, we just go with that. The Bible says, <clears throat> Revelation 19, chapter, 10, uh, chapter 19, verse 10, that it, the latter part, the part B of that scripture says, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And the, the testimony of Jesus can be subjective or objective. If it's subjective, then it's essentially standing in his stead and declaring his words over his people, which is what I've been doing this morning. If it's objective, then you're declaring to, you're, you're speaking to the Christ in somebody, which I've also been doing this morning. This is the real prophetic. The prophetic is not fortune-telling. <clears throat> I don't look into the palm of your hands to tell you your future. I look in the palm of the Lamb's hand. I listened to his voice when he said, it is finished. When he said it was finished, it is accomplished, guess what he meant? It is accomplished. 
What is the it that was accomplished? Everything that he had ever planned to have. The Bible says that for that even though Jesus despised the shame on the cross for the on the cross for the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross, despising the shame. What for the joy that was set before him? What was the joy? The joy was walking into 2021 saying, I've got a bride. And some of them live in Statesville. And some of them came to Truvine this morning. And some of them for the first time in a long time shut out the naysayers and the haters and heard once again, boom, boom. <laughs> boom, boom. It's the rhythm of heaven. Boom, boom. It's the rhythm of life. Boom, boom. I'm just here to give you hope. And you're going to get out early today. The Logan's Rolls will barely be out the oven when you get there. If y'all go and don't bring me, who did this last week? My daughter went. My daughter, I want to tell you, I'm telling her something. I need to pause. Lord, can we do this? Okay. My daughter brought Logan's Rolls to my niece and didn't bring me a single one. She's grounded for six months. I said, one or two things happened. You better go back and get me some or you better learn how to bake some. The whole purpose of everything that's happened this morning was to try to revive the promise of God that's within you. It's to try to breathe again. I'm going to share one more thing, and this is not original to me, and yet God gave it to me. This is what I heard Kelly Varner say. I'm going to say it because it bears repeating and because the Lord won't let it go. It's the third time now, uh, at least the third time that I've recognized he said to say it. When Adam partook of the fruit that Eve had given him to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You remember the story? I've got a little bit of time, so I'm going to tell the story. Can you give me just a few more minutes? I'm going to go, oh, preacher joke. How many people give me five more minutes? It's 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. <clears throat> and the father said, in the day that you, you can eat of all the trees of the garden, for all the trees you can eat, replenish yourself, enjoy it. In fact, I want you to live in the garden, have dominion over it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea and the, and the fowl of the air. Have dominion over the beast and everything that creepeth upon the earth. You've got, got dominion, boy. You can eat of any tree in the garden that you want to eat of, except the tree that is in the center of the garden. You shall not touch it, nor shall you eat of it, because in the day that you touch or eat of it, you will surely die. What's that tree, Papa? That tree is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You don't need to worry about partaking of that tree. Here come a serpent speaking to Eve. I'll bypass a little bit of revelation, but catch what you can catch. Came back from Mexico, and we were married in 2003. In 2003, I was married September 27th. Elizabeth was so blessed and lucky to have me that day. And uh, (laughs) no, I was truly a blessed one. And about a month later, a month and a half later, I had already made plans to go with Sidney Smith to Mexico, and we flew into. Texas, and then from there to Puerto Vallarta, and then from there we drove up about eight hours in a van to a place called Tepic, and we stayed there in some other small cities. Tepic's actually a pretty big city, beautiful place, and uh, he stayed with a senator, beautiful, nice, just like marble stairs and stuff, and then he dropped me off at my place, which is essentially a dungeon. Like, man, this is crazy. And back then I probably said, man, this is whack. What are you doing? He literally dropped me off and said, I'm going to stay at my place. And so I grabbed my suitcase, go into a little tiny room by myself. It was a concrete-like hut, and that's where I stayed. Anyways, I did everything well. If you knew Sidney Smith, I, then I don't need to tell you who he was. If you don't know who he was, he's the most prolific prophet that has ever stepped foot in Truvine Worship Center. The only one that, in my opinion, would come close to be Kelly Varner. And uh, <clears throat> he came, um, 
on the way back, we were driving up, and he said, well, you've done well. You know, because I preached, and when I would preach, man, the same thing he was doing this morning, you just didn't see him. He likes it right there. And he's, come on, boy, preach it, son. Preach it, son. I loved it. And my daddy would do it, and Charles Johnson would do it. And uh, they were doing it this morning, in case you didn't know, because we are surrounded. We are amphitheater roundabout with such a great cloud of witnesses. Because, and you know why they're cheering us on? Because they, without us, can't be made perfect. That's also in Hebrews chapter 11. You might think about reading the book sometime. But anyways, he said, uh, turn your book Bible over to Genesis. And he said, God planted a garden. Where is it? And I said, eastward in Eden. He said, I thought the name of the garden was and I said, well, that's not what it says. He said, that's because that's not what it is. Name of the garden wasn't Eden. Garden, the garden was planted eastward in Eden. Anyways, bypass that. He said, uh, how did the serpent get to Eve? I said, I don't know. He said, did Adam do his job? Because he blames Eve. The minute, it's just like a man, ain't it? You stinking scoundrel. Just like a man. When God said, Adam, what have you done? He said, well, the woman you gave me. It's her fault. He said, if he had done his job. That serpent never would have gotten within 100 feet of Eve. He'd have cut his head off long before he ever whispered in the ear of Eve. You better watch what you allow into your soul. Your soul, if you look up the original translation, it's the suke. So we call her Sister Suke. You better be careful not letting the, the serpent speak to your soul. Because if your serpent speaks to your soul, it'll choke out what the Spirit is trying to say and do. Don't let the serpent speak to your soul. Anyway, so that's essentially what happens, and uh, you know the whole story. And, and the Lord says, what is this that you have done? The woman that you gave me, and Eve, what have you done? He said, she said, the serpent beguiled me. And he said, because you have done this, on your belly you shall go, and the dust will be your food. And I will cause there to be enmity, uh, 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 fighting continually between your seed and her offspring. And, and your seed will bruise his heel, but his seed will crush your head. So he made Eve a promise. He essentially said, I'm going to bring... Uh, from without of you the thing that's going to destroy the thing that got you in this in the first place. There's always something that's going to grow inside of you that when it comes out of you, it'll destroy this stupid thing that messed you up in the first place. That's, that says a whole lot to me. That says whenever God wants to do a work in your life, He ain't going to do it from around you. He's going to already put something inside of you that once it's fertilized and once it grows up, it'll destroy what got you in the situation in the first place. And so Adam did that. Adam visited Eve, and guess what he does? He gets her pregnant. She has, some say twins. Who knows? We don't know. Because it only says he knew her one time, and she had, and she had Cain and Abel. So some say they were twins. The Cain was the older of the two. To me, it doesn't really matter. The fact of it is she bore two sons. And one was Cain, and the second was Abel. And, and one day, Cain decides that he's going to make an offering to God, and he offers some of his uh, plants. And, but Abel offers an, a blood sacrifice of lamb. And God had no honor whatsoever to Cain's sacrifice, but he gave honor to Abel's and that made Cain mad and so you know the story Cain goes out and he takes a rock or a club or something and he kills his own brother becomes a murderer and God puts a mark on his head and he becomes Cain becomes a vagabond and a fugitive now if I'm Eve I'm going to be like God now wait a minute my firstborn son can't be the one that's going to kill the serpent because he's done become one with him. And the one that you promised me. He's laying here at my feet. And he's covered in blood. And he's dead. And she probably had the thoughts that some of us have now. How in the world can you call yourself faithful? And you promised me. And everything that you promised me is laying at my feet dead and covered in blood.
And he, she did what a lot of us do. I'll close myself off from Adam, and I'll close myself off from God, and or I'll close myself off from the church, and I'll close myself off from my friends, and I'll close myself off from my family. I'll wall my heart up so tight that it'll be tighter than Fort Knox. Nothing will ever get to me again because if it gets to me, it'll hurt me, and I won't let that happen again. Does this sound familiar to anybody? And yet the Lord had promised, and yet it had come out of his mouth. And so... I like to do it the way Kelly's doing. Adam goes by the tent again. Eve. What you doing, baby? It's been six weeks. I'm about to die. Go away from me. Don't you come in this tent. You leave me alone. The last time you touched me, this happened. In 2021, I don't want to feel the Spirit of God because the last time I felt it, I opened up my heart to believe and everything that I believe for is bleeding to death. Go away from me. Don't you come in here. You leave me alone. You sleep in your bed. I'll sleep in mine. But Eve, come on. It's been three months now. My God, I can tell you right now, my head would would fall off. Go away from me. Leave me alone. Eve, let me in one more time. Let me in one more time. And finally... Finally, Eve acquiesces to the voice of her husband. And finally, in 2021, I'm looking at some of the bride of Christ that today will acquiesce to the voice of the father, to the voice of the husband, say, let me in again. And finally, she let him back in again. She got pregnant for a third time. And do you know what the name of the third son was? Seth. And do you know what the name Seth means? It means recompense. God was going to recompense and give her back everything that she thought was dead and stolen and could never happen. He said, I promised you that from your womb would come the seed that would crush the thing that messed you up. And you thought it was going to be the first one, and that didn't work out. And you thought it was going to be the second one, and that's dead and buried. But I have not forgotten you. In 2021, I hear the Lord saying, I will complete the work. Three means completion. I will complete the work that I started in you. I will not forget about you, but you're going to have to Open up the tent one more time. Let me back in again. Believe one more time. Let me back in again. Let me fertilize the thing that is inside of you. I do it with my word, but you got to open up your heart because he is, after all, a gentleman, and he will not force himself. He's not into that. He's into come on in and make yourself at home. And when he comes in, he will cause you to become pregnant with a promise, and that promise will, will be birthed from you, and it will... Destroy the thing that messed you up. He'll bring recompense for you. Recompense. God paid me back. He gave me everything. And in that, babe, can you imagine what Eve was like when she saw that little Seth throwing him in the air and said, oh, my God, you're everything God promised me. You look just like your daddy. You look just like your father. I love you. And out of your loins will come the seed, ultimately, a few thousand years down the road, that's going to crush the head of the enemy. And he's gonna, the enemy was not just the serpent. The enemy was the lie that you had to do something to be like God. That was the problem in the first place. And God created man in his image and made him after his likeness. And the serpent comes and says, what's he say? Has God said that when you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that you would die? God knows you're not going to die. For in the day that you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will become like God. 
That was the deception. I had to do something to become like God. The reality was I was created just like God. I bore his image from the moment that my mom and dad decided to get together and make me. Before, even before that, I was in the womb of the Father. I'm almost finished. Man, y'all didn't get out early after all. Well, save me some rolls. Some of you in 2021, William, give me a little something on the keys. So, so, some of you in 2021 need to open up your believer button again. Open up the tent to your heart again. Open up the secret place of your soul again. Say, I believed before and I was disappointed. And I believed before and the promise was dead and covered in blood. I believed before and it didn't work. But yet, yet I trust that he is faithful that promise. And if he is faithful that promise, if he's got to bring it back from the dead or give me something new and better, God's going to fulfill his word. So, what do you do? Okay, Lord. I will acquiesce, which means to open yourself or or bend to the will of another. I'll acquiesce to your voice this morning. I'll do what Mary did and say, be it done unto me according to your word. This doesn't make sense, and it's not the way I thought it would be. I've lived through the pain of having to bury the first one. And I've lived through the pain of another one running completely away. But if you say to let you in again, I open up my heart. If you can open up your heart and let me in again to hear the thumping, the beating of your heart, then I'll open up my heart. As Jesus prayed in John chapter 17, Father, make them one as we are one, I in them and they in me and I in you. We find out that as we open up our heart and allow him inside, that really all it does is it it plants a seed so that we ultimately get inside the heart and the bosom of Jesus and hear the heartbeat of the Father. Testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. He is the one that was dead and is alive and alive forevermore. If he speaks it, he'll surely bring it to pass. He that has begun a good work is faithful to complete it in you. If you believe these words, if you're going to open up your heart one more time, I want you to stand. In fact, I'd like for all of you to stand all over the sanctuary this morning. Babies and all. I apologize, except I don't apologize for missing children's church. If it would have been... a very necessary thing the Lord has brought to my attention so we'll do it next week babies I love y'all don't get mad there's a reason somebody needed to be in here so I know some of your stories personally I don't know any of your the completeness of any of your stories and we have all got one and I, that doesn't mean that I want to diminish it but everybody has been through something everybody goes through stuff everybody's got a story to tell 
but somebody in this building this morning when I was talking about hearing the thumping heart of the Father for you and, the, and that he opened up the side of his son to put the bride back in and somebody that heard me say let him back in again and somebody that heard me say that Sarah by faith received strength the ability, the strength to conceive somebody that heard me this morning, it registered within you it, it shined a light on you it said that's me if, if you're one of those I want you to come up to the front if you're worried about what somebody thinks of you, it probably ain't for you. You're too busy hearing the haters and the naysayers instead of listening to the thumping beat of the Father. But if you hear that Father's heartbeat this morning and you want to believe again, if you want to let Him do what He said He can do, what only He can do, if you're going to believe Him until the manifestation of the promise comes, I want you to come up to the front.